Why Watch That is a podcast featuring the critic and referee who go head-to-head on a quest to discover the best movies and TV shows Hollywood has to offer. Expect the unexpected from the critic. While nothing gets past the ref. We do all the work. So you don't have to. Welcome Welcome to to Why Watch Watch That. The Why Watch That TV Talk. It's official. Hmm. It's 100% on the record. Oh. Regular television has been destroyed. <laughs> I want everybody to take your TV set. Uh oh. Rip out the cord. <laughs> Rip it out. Yeah, open your window and fling it right outside of your home or apartment. Because there's a new sheriff in town. Oh. And his name is Steve Jobs. Well, actually, this, you can't really, it's more of Tim Cook. I mean, this really is a right. vision. I'm talking about Apple. Yes, I am. Apple mm. TV Plus has launched. It's official. Apple's in the race for your time and money. It is uh, $4.99 a month. It's not a huge commitment if you are, you know, comparing it to Netflix or comparing it to ad-free Hulu or even comparing it to just the one lonely HBO um, to go. $4.99 a month and everybody can enjoy these couple of shows that we're going to talk about. First of all, <clears throat> Apple isn't just throwing out content. They've got the key players behind it, meaning the A-list of A-listers yeah. are here. Let's start with Dickinson. Mm-hmm. That's mm. already been renewed for season two. Now, when I tell you that Apple's really slow to, you know, to shoot off with renewals, especially if, you know, since they don't have like the Nielsen reportings or they don't have ads and things like that. They're just looking at raw data. They're saying that Dickinson's so good. We've already renewed it for season two. And right now it's all 10 episodes available. Not for every show we're going to talk about right now. You can binge watch Dickinson and you're thinking, Dickinson, Dickinson, why do I know that name? Uh, Emily Dickinson? Emily Dickinson. Mm. Why do I know that name? Uh, 11th grade? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you read her in 11th grade too? Yes, it was American Lit. Mm. <laughs> American Literature. She's yes. a poet. She is a uh, forefront of thinking, and she was gone too soon. However, if Apple has something to say about it, they're going to completely rearrange and reorganize our thoughts on Emily Dickinson because I'm pretty sure she wasn't this cool. Or was she? Ooh. Now, the other thing to keep in mind about Apple TV Plus, and I'll talk about Dickinson, is this is only Apple shows, my friends. Right. It will not be Friends... There will not be The Office. There will not be Seinfeld. Nobody else's stuff will be on this platform. So month to month, they're going to keep coming up with new shows. They've promised this. And it's a part of the reason why they've renewed shows for the second season. They don't want to lose your money. 
okay? Right. Now for Dickinson. Emily Dickinson is played by Haley Steinfeld. Oh. Yes. And you know, she's a young woman. So in this time period, you know what's expected. Get that ring on your finger. All right, put a ring on it. And her father is a traditionalist, okay? So is the mother. And the mother, by the way, is played by Jane, Jane Krakowski. Yes, you know her. Is this a comedy? So, <laughs> all, yes, definitely comedy, 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 30 Rock and so on. So, what does Emily think about this? Emily Dickinson, is she going, yeah, I need to go get married? No. She's in love with writing. Mm. And she's also in love with death. Yeah. <laughs> now, if you've read her poems, you know that's true. Mm-hmm. But in this show, how does that show up? I won't say it yet. So we see how she is, of course, uh, clashing with the times. She wants to go to college classes, for instance. Why not? Well, you're a woman. <laughs> you're supposed to be preparing to take care of the house. Her mother is someone who prides herself in doing so. Now, this is a rich family. And the mother's like, I want to cook and clean and do everything for everybody. This is my job. And they're like, no, let's get a maid. What's wrong with you? (laughs) Okay, this is the kind of thing we're dealing with. Now, Emily has a younger sister, slightly younger. And her younger sister wants to be the quintessential female of the time. She wants to be married. She wants to wear her wonderful dresses and go out. This is not Emily. She also has a brother. And this brother, well, is he quite as smart as Emily? No. Mm. But he is about to be married to Emily's best friend. Now, this is very upsetting for Emily. Why? Are they just friends? Or is there more going on? No, we saw the trailer. (laughs) So, (laughs) So as you move forward, each episode deals with a poem of Emily Dickinson's and it starts with a part of it and then you see the episode play out and then it ends with it as well. And in this show, it's only a half an hour per episode because they've, they've said it's a comedy like you were saying, Ref. Oh, but it wasn't funny. Oh, yeah. yeah. They said it. I'm completely confused. I was watching this going, all they have in, in the genre note is comedy. What? <laughs> like, if you watch this, first of all, It's very familiar. We've seen this before. We've seen a period piece where you try to make it contemporary. So you get contemporary music. Every now and then somebody says something contemporary, like, oh, that's pimp. Like, okay. okay. But it's dull. That's the thing. This show is dull. I was surprised. Like, if you're going to do this, push the envelope. Look, we did have another period, which made fun of period pieces. They went there. So like you ha- like even do like a clueless type type of thing. Do something. I watched the first two episodes and that was more than enough for me. Um, ah, wow. I-, I don't know. I don't know, my friends. What's next? Well, I think that we should um, move on to uh, this. So be ready. C. C. Not the letter C, but C as in sight. And right now, the first three episodes are available. Uh, It is not a cheap movie, meaning Apple put some money behind each of those episodes. And uh, 10 episodes. 
Mm. And they're saying, you know, they put in enough money that would make Game of Thrones, you know, shy. So, (laughs) shy away from bragging rights. Jason Momoa's in it. Alfred Woodard. Um, it's a, it's another period piece. Although the question is, what period? <laughs> Sci-fi, maybe. Can you tell us what's going on here? Because I've seen he's been they've been promoting the crap out of this thing, and mm-hmm. we've certainly seen um, Jason in roles like this before. Yeah. And you know, the critics aren't liking it. No. They really are not liking this one. So, well, before I get to my opinion, we are in the future. And what has happened is there's this uh, plague that has gone across the globe and it's killed most people, leaving, uh, I think it's under 2 million still on the planet. Oh boy. And the ones who are left behind cannot see. They've lost their sight. Oh, boy. So it's all about the other four senses. And of course, this changes things. And of course, when you have so few people left on the planet, that's going to lead to a regression in technology. Mm. So that's what's going on. And then they shuttle forward. I think it's like 200 years since this event. And what has started happening is people, certain people, have once again gotten the ability to see. Oh, oh. Now imagine you're in a world where no one can see, and then all of a sudden people start being able to do so. How will those people be received? Mm. Now there's a queen of some part of the world who is very threatened by the people who have sight. Mm. Because in this world, dark is now good, light is bad. Okay? So they're the people of the light. You got to get them. Why? Now, the one guy we know who can see, this queen is coming after him with the people that are called the witch finders. So you're going, what does it have to do with anything? Yeah. Well, there are people who are accused of being witches and they're killed, just like, you know, in Salem, way back when. But this witch finder, this main one, he has been tasked with finding this man who can see, and he has a 20-year period to do so. <laughs> well, you know, you can't see, and it, it, takes, a, it takes a while. <laughs> so, you know, he's in service to the queen for 20 years. Now, in another part of the world, we have the main characters, really. Jason Momoa plays Baba Voss. He's the head of this tribe. And from the very beginning, they are in formation for battle. They are making all kinds of crazy sounds. And from the beginning, you're like, what am I watching? How did I get here? I I feel like I'm about to be attacked. I mean, they were, you t- one to 10, they were at 10. Okay, all right. But they can't see, how are they gonna fight? How is this gonna work? Who's coming after them? It's the witch finders. Okay. Do they have a witch amongst them? Well, a young woman who's pregnant showed up at this tribe. Who is the father of the babies? The man who can see. Oh, so those babies could see. Ah, she's pregnant. They, they Are they gonna come out with sight? Right. Okay. Now, the man who can see has gone away. <laughs> He's in danger. 
But Jason Momoa, for a particular reason, has taken to this woman. He marries her. He raises the kids with her. And the kids have sight. They sure do. Ooh, how do you raise So how do they get out of this battle? Because there's a traitor in their midst. Of course. Now, one of the main advisors to Baba Voss, who's the head of this tribe, is played by Alfred Woodard. (laughs) Paris. She's the the wise one, that kind of thing. She knows about the kids because they keep it a secret. So only the mother, Baba Voss, and Paris know that the kids can see. This is how dangerous it is. And their father, their biological father, left them some gifts to help them learn how to use their sight to their advantage. Because not keep in mind, well, <laughs> no, what would happen is no one can read anymore because they can't see. Right. Now they have a way of writing, I'll put it in quotes, a way of communicating without words, I'll say. But it's not, of course, books. They can't read books. But what about the books from the past? If you can see, you can read them, and that gives you a leg up. So these kids are in a dangerous position. And over the course of episode two, they grow up. <laughs> oh, okay. almost did like a Vikings. Yeah, just grow why up. not? Shuttle forth. And then episode three, we see what happens when they come to be. They're twins. One's a female, one's a male. The female is the one who's like, look, I can see. I need to take advantage of this. The male is more cautious. What happens to them? I think that's enough. Now, look, let me tell you this. This show is crazy. (laughs) It's absolutely bonkers. Does it all make sense? No. Um, Are you going, what in the world is going on? Yes. But are they mailing it in? No. Oh. These people are very serious. They are, it's, it's, sometimes it's, it's, it's bad, but it's, Hilarious at the same time. Like from the beginning, I was like, oh my goodness, this is nuts. And I was laughing at them, but I enjoyed it. (laughs) I enjoyed laughing at them. Are there moments when it kind of loses its pace? Yes. Did I really care? I didn't quite care, Ref. I have to say, this is kind of the stuff where, you know, critics go so bad and I go, so what? It's kind of like when they saw, when we had the Matrix the first time and all the critics were against it. I'll never forget. Really? Yes, That's look it up. Ridiculous. How look could it up. be against the Matrix? And if you listen, if you get the box set of the Matrix, and because they let three critics come in and re-review it, you, <laughs> you can hear their... You can listen. The, they were so wrong, and they still are. And, and I understand, because this is not for them. This is for you if you like fantasy. Like, if you don't care, you just love the fantasy genre. And, like, you like Vikings a bit. It's that kind of thing. Um, is it good? I can't say it's good, but I want to know what's going to happen next. I mean, that's oh. all I have to give to you. I do. And it, it looks great. I'm sure it costs money. So, yeah. Excellent. Crazy. Well, let's move on to uh, For All Mankind. And again, three episodes are available. It's already been renewed for season two. We don't know that about C. But we do know For All Mankind has been um, renewed. Ten episodes altogether. I've heard the critics like this. I was on some of the trades. And they were like, wow, this isn't like killing the game. But it certainly is interesting. And they hadn't quite seen a space genre kind of TV show do the things that For All Mankind does. And I guess we're going to find out your thoughts 
Hmm. So this is an alternate history period piece. Yes. So we have the race to the moon, the U.S. and the USSR. Uh-oh. Now, we know what happened in the real world. Oh, yes. The United States got there first on the moon, landed, you know, a man got there first, Neil Armstrong. Oh, we know. Right. Mm-hmm. But in this show, the question is, what happens if it's a cosmonaut who gets there first instead? Oh. This is what happens. Interesting. Yes. The USSR beats the US. Mm. And then the premise is, this leads to the space race to be an ongoing thing. Each country, each nation is going to keep trying to one up the other. Uh. So is Neil Armstrong in this? Yeah. And all the rest. They do use real people along with some fictional characters. The president is Nixon. <laughs> oh, they. And it's not someone casted as Nixon. So they take some real footage and kind of splice it. Oh. Interesting how they did that. Mm-hmm. And okay, so that's really the world. Now, Joel Kinnaman plays Edward Baldwin, he's an astronaut for the US. And he is preparing to go back up. He's gone up before he's going back. But he has to, of course, wait his turn. And of course, we meet his wife and we meet other astronauts and their families as well. And we know what's going on uh, with mission control, all of that, all of the stuff that you would normally see in this kind of a show or movie is there. So the whole thing is Edward is very upset by the USSR beating the US to the moon. Mm -hmm. Very upset. Everyone is. But he's so upset that he runs his mouth to a reporter. Oh, boy. And this gets him in hot water. He's pulled off of his upcoming mission. He's put on desk duty. Oh, yeah. Not good. Now, the doctor who's uh, who came... No, stick with this. So there is uh, Dr. Von Braun, who's a real guy, and he was a Nazi. This is all true. Oh. But once Hitler was defeated, there were certain uh, German scientists who were brought to the United States and other countries, and essentially they brought their work with them. So that's what Von Braun did, and he is responsible for making space exploration what it is today. This is all true. But in this alt-history show, does he last? Because if you lose, this is a problem. It's a problem for Nixon. Nixon's like, they're going to take me down for this. We have to stop it. He doesn't like Von Braun. He has certain congressmen who are going to take care of his dirty work. And this is where Edward Baldwin comes in. Maybe they want to use him as a pawn. So how does that play out? What are the repercussions of this? Also, look, again, the USSR, they're not sitting on their laurels. They have other tricks up their sleeve. What about if we send a woman into space? Mm. And so on and so forth. How does that affect the US? So back and forth, back and forth we go. And of course you get the family moments as well. So here's the thing. If you like space stories, you have to see this. That's what I'll say. Um, is it the best of them? No, but it is good. Oh, good. It's good. 
I enjoyed watching it. I like the way it looks. I mean, if, look, Apple's not sparing any expense here. We know that. So it looks great. I like the way, again, they use the footage. Um, I like the storylines. I like how you can tell from the first three episodes they're gonna have different looks at this from different perspectives. So that was interesting. There's a whole episode of just female astronauts. Oh. Right? So yeah. this is all, and they even do a little wink at Hidden Figures. So, you know, we'll see what they do. They're, this is ripe for uh, just a, a lot of ideas. And uh, Ronald D. Moore is one of the creators of this. He did Battlestar Galactica, the reboot of that. Yeah, he yeah. Outlander. So this is a guy who has a lot of ideas, and I'm just looking forward to the remaining episodes. Excellent. Well, let's end this Apple launch uh, episode with, I mean, you have to be hidden under a rock not to know that Jennifer Aniston and Reese Witherspoon are back together again. When I say back together, if you remember on Friends, um, Reese played uh, Jennifer Aniston's younger sister. So (laughs) Rachel had a sister. um, And uh, it was young little Reese. Well, not young little Reese. She was a woman there, but uh, they're back and adding Steve Carell to the mix to their new show called The Morning Show. Ooh, what shows are in on in the morning? You know what shows. Uh, and in this case, um, shall we say there may be some familiar territory they may be walking um, on. It's already got a two. It, it, well, there was a two season order basically 10 episodes a piece and I'm not gonna lie to you it wasn't cheap (laughs) they got top-notch a-list actors to do this and the question really is was that kind of expense worth it Mm. well (laughs) I mean the critics definitely have an opinion (laughs) they do they do Um, and I have one as well now, this is based on, uh, uh, or it's inspired by a book by Brian Stelter, who's a journalist, uh, about what's going on in morning TV, how cutthroat it is. And what happens is we have two co-hosts, two on-air co-hosts for the morning show. Uh, one is played by Jennifer Aniston. Her name is Alex Levy. And the other is played by Steve Carell, whose name is Mitch Kessler. And the be- at the beginning of this show, Mitch gets the experience of Matt Lauer, okay? Yeah. Same thing happens. And Alex is blindsided by this. Oh my goodness, I can't believe it. They were friends. She didn't see this coming. She has to pick up the pieces. Now, in the meantime, her contract is up and the network has been playing coy with her. So this is up in the air and she decides to take it upon herself to take this show, put it on her back, and move forward. But while she's doing that, she's angry. And she wants her just desserts. She wants her contract, including approval of co-host, period. This is unheard of, okay? Now, she has an executive producer to deal with who's played by Mark Duplass. She has a boss to deal with who's played by Billy Crudup. And this boss, Corey, is new. 
he wasn't there when all of the shenanigans were going down mm. with Mitch. So he's kind of gliding above it going, I want to make this show stand out. I want it to be fresh, new, cutting edge. And that doesn't really include you, Alex. Oh! So there's this tug of war. Now, behind him, of course, are the bookers. And the head bookers play by Gugu and Bathara. Mm-hmm. She ain't nobody to mess with. I'm sure. In one of the episodes, they find out that uh, the accuser, Mitch's accuser, the main one, is going to the rival show. Oh, not if Hannah, who's played by Gugu, has anything to say about that. You're not going there. You're going to my show. Right. There's also a producer waiting in the wings who is just waiting for someone new to fill in the shoes of Mitch so she can jump back into the game. And her name is Mia, played by Karen Pittman. Now, who is the someone? Well, my friends, in Virginia, there is a reporter and she's a firebrand. She's in West Virginia at the moment and she's at the site of a mine, a coal mine. And she knows all of her stuff and she knows the dangers of this and she wants everybody else to know. But she's hard to work with. And this person is played by Reese Witherspoon. Her name is Bradley Jackson. Hmm. Her boss is like, look, you would have been much further in your career had you known when to be quiet, okay? She's a good reporter, but she flies off the handle. And she has a particular episode from her past that has derailed her career. You'll find out what that is when you watch it. But because of her spitfire mouth and temper, a video of her surfaces where she's letting this person have it outside of the coal mine. It goes viral. So who wants her on their show? Oh, you know, the morning show wants her. And this is the perfect kind of distraction to have. But Alex, played by Jennifer Anderson, is like, who's this person? Why am I having dealing with her? Mm. So when they have this interview, it's tense. But Bradley Jackson is no fool. And she knows how to spin a story as well. Okay, so this leads to Billy Crudup's character, the boss, Corey, going, hmm, maybe I could use Bradley as a correspondent on this show to shake things up. And the question is, will anybody else agree? Because Bradley is hard to take. And what happens is it leads to Corey inviting Bradley to a particular event that honors Alex. Alex doesn't know this. Uh, Bradley doesn't know why she's there. But because of everything that's swirling around, Alex gets fed up and she makes a decision to announce the new co-host. What? Oh. Who's that going to be and why? And where does that lead us in the future? Also, waiting in the wings is still Steve Carell as Mitch trying to figure out a way to come back. But maybe that's not in the cards. After all, even his agent said, "Um, (laughs) I need you to work to do my work. (laughs) So that's really the setup of the morning show. And of course you get all other kinds of personalities. It's almost like soap dish in a bit, Mm. but not as comical. Now, Here's what I have to say. The first episode was rough. Mm. It was a lot of yelling, ref. And literally, Jennifer Aniston, Reese Witherspoon, and Steve Carell all had a monologue of yelling (laughs) in the first episode. 
but they were yelling. It wasn't coming from anything. And when I'm watching that, I go, ooh, that's bad. Like, when you just yell to yell, it's bad when you're acting. You've got to earn it. They did not. But I'll say, as you go from episode one, episode two, to episode three, the show starts to find itself. It starts to really ground itself. There's still a bit of yelling, and it's not quite right. I, I just, I want someone to help them figure out how to yell as actors. There's a way to do it. Um, but outside of that, I am interested in this. This is the show. The show is the rivalry behind the scenes. The show is who's going to be in the lead as the morning show is rebuilt. Who's going to have the power and how is everybody going to one-up each other? That's when it's good. When they start making comments about Me Too and everything else, it is not good. The writing is not good enough for that. I did not like it. The whole thing with Mitch and his stuff just did not land. And that's the question moving forward will they be able to write that in a way that's more integral to the show or should they just give it up i don't know the show is the show that's where it is and when they're there it's entertaining i will give it to them it's entertaining and even when it's bad you want to watch these people they're stars after all so i this is another show where i'm looking forward to what's coming next, despite its flaws. And I'll say just to wrap this all up, um, a lot of people were saying in the industry, you know, Apple TV Plus's debut, ooh, wasn't the greatest, look at the reviews. Think of any network on TV right now. How many of their shows would get great reviews? <laughs> I just think we need to calm down a bit with that. Like, what did you expect? I will credit Apple with really going for it. Most of these shows, except for Dickinson, I didn't find dull. There was, it was something about it that I wanted to watch despite its flaws. And like you started with, Ref, it's $4.99 a month. So that's up to you to determine whether it's worth it. And you can always pick and choose when you're going to watch things. Coming up, we have a show from M. Night Shyamalan. We have a show with Octavia Spencer starring in it. I mean, so they are going for it, and I applaud them for that. We need more of this in the industry because even when it's bad, they were swinging for the fences. Oh, nice. You know, just a side note for a morning show, the Matt Lauer angle was not originally in the script. So that mm -hmm. happened as things happen. And so I think you're sensing that, that it wasn't fully mm -hmm. flushed out. So there you go with that. Apple TV Plus is now available on your Apple devices. So again, you're not going to be able to go on Amazon Prime and look at what's happening on Apple. You have to have an Apple device. Now, that doesn't mean an iPhone. There are computers and Apple TV devices um, along with uh, iPads besides yeah. yourself. And certain Rokus have it. So you have and to check it out. Certain Rokus have it, but you ain't going to find this stuff on Hulu. I'm just saying. <laughs> So go ahead, take us. They're swinging for the fence. Why don't you swing $4.99 and see if you like this? You can always cancel. Thanks for listening. For additional resources, visit whywatchthat.com. Good idea, and we'd love to hear from you. So go ahead and leave comments, feedback, and you can rate us on iTunes. We'll see you next week. See you.